Well, well hello. hello. How are you today, Mrs. Lubert? I'm pretty good, Mr. Herlin. We had ourselves, it's December. It 8th, is December 8th. We were outside. We were walking today. Walking and even climbing. Climbing fences. And I still need to work on that. But, but I didn't know, want to have a wardrobe malfunction, so yeah, we, I'll use that as my excuse. Yes, we were locked out from <laughs> the school trail today, so we we got the idea that we were going to climb this fence, and then yeah. we thought, you know, we're grown-up teachers. We got to start acting like. I had it. to pull them back, you know. That's my excuse. Yeah. So yeah. so he pulled he pulled us back from you know climbing <laughs> fences, but that's okay. Um. So this week. Um, it's so good that you, you've all come back. Thank you for joining us. Um, we've been talking. This is our fourth. Yes. Fourth week. Fourth mm-hmm. week. Out of five total. Yes. Of, yeah. of our series about what's all the buzz. Um, the state of engagement report. Yes. And so do you want to just remind them what um, where we got that report from? Uh, we got them from the lovely folks at Go Guardian. Mm-hmm. Um, a great, great website um, that essentially we use to keep an eye on what students are doing it really is about engagement yes because you can see what there's what's on their screens you can you know whether it's sending messages to them to say hey get back to it or questions um you can block certain sites it's really a wonderful wonderful tool i would encourage you to take a look at i i would too i mean i've i've really found it both in person and in the remote model like it's been great to go into their each of their pages and um be able to offer suggestions they've my juniors have been working on uh creation myth project from native americans and so it's been great to be able to say hey, this link might be helpful for you to take a look at for some information as you're creating your slideshow. Especially remote learning. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's, it's really been a game changer. So um, just to recap what we finished up with last week, boy, we had a discussion before we started today. Um, for the past two weeks, we've been looking at factors of engagement. And just as a reminder to our listeners, um, Appleton and Rushley and Christensen were noted in that report of talking about what are the factors impacting engagement that live um, at every level of the education ecosystem. So when we're thinking about factors of engagement, we're thinking about external factors. And we, we discussed the district's role, um, the school, the classroom, and even individuals themselves. And this week, we're going to focus and shift our discussion of looking at indicators of engagement. And so um, what we'll do now um, is we'll talk about how it's defined. So the literature marks it as like a specific construct to help us determine when that construct is present. So in other words, when somebody comes into a room, what does engagement look like? How um, do you know when your peers are engaged? What does engagement sound like at the highest performing classes? And despite, according to this uh, report, the diversity of participants in the field research, the responses to these questions were remarkably consistent. So um, there's three categories. And Mr. Herland, you're going to share with our audience what that's all about. So we're going to take a look at two of the three this week. And then uh, the last one we will spend a whole episode on because there's quite a lot to it. So the first one is things an engaged school does, which I thought was interesting. Um, things an engaged classroom does, and then things an engaged student does. So there, 
out of all the different uh, research they've done, they feel that they could, could put him in those three categories, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Yes. The school has a role in how well students are engaged corporately as a group. And then you have the teacher classroom and, of course, the actual student. All so right. I think it'll be pretty good. So, um, yep. So we're, you know, we're starting on page 32 of this report, if you're somebody that's following along. Um, and this section that we're going to look at today, it says things that an engaged school does. So how do you create an, a culture in your whole school building of engagement is what we're going to talk about. Um, and the way it says indicators of engagement at a school level are demonstration of a school's active involvement in students' learning experiences. After evaluating all instances of field research, we identified one consistent indication of school-level engagement. Engaged schools evaluate comprehensive outcome measures. So we'll take a look at the first one. Um, an engaged school, it says, evaluates comprehensive outcome measures. So that is defined um, in this report. It says, I think that there are very few perfect proxies for student learning. I think that student achievement and growth is important. I think interactive checks uh, for understanding throughout a lesson are important. I think that word assessment, especially when it comes to building language skills, is important. But its balance is between hard and soft stuff. We pay a lot of attention to our social emotional wellness in terms of how the students are feeling and a lot of that has to do with safety socially emotionally and physically but that is equally balanced with how they did like by grade level i kind of do an equal piece of are the kids feeling safe and are they meeting benchmarks so yeah, let's talk about yeah, that especially to me is, that was the big time. one you know the idea of the feeling safe and at the same time, are they, you know, are they making progress? Are they hitting the benchmarks? I always, I, t- I'm, I honestly forgot the, are they feeling safe part? Oh. You know, a lot of times it's the, okay, are they, are they meeting, you know, meeting the objectives? Are they hitting the goals? Right. You know, it's so often I think we focus on that, that we forget. Maybe they don't feel safe, which kind of seems strange to me. Cause here we have a lot of things in place to, have the students feel safe. Yes, I I agree. Um, And I think this year, and this speaks to what we were talking about last week, um, I do think that the priority, we wanted it to be focused on purely academics, but what we soon found out was it really has shifted to um, kids being more engaged by taking care of their softer, um, you know, Mm -hmm. set of skills, that social, emotional, physical well-being has mm-hmm. taken precedence right now over um, academics. It's not to say that we're not equally committed and working just as hard to help them reach the standards. It's just that in order to get them to engage, they have to feel comfortable. And that, yeah, and that's so often I think what a lot of places, a lot of schools overlook. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. you know, it's taking that again. You have your your traditional academic measures. But then you have to take that also that holistic approach to the you know to the rest of the child. Yeah. So again, using multiple measures to give a more comprehensive understanding. It's kind of what we were doing with personalized learning. Yes. Where you're looking at the whole child, you're looking at you know outside factors, in school factors, test scores, you know, um, surveys, you know, things how they feel. Like we just did one. Um, this week in social studies for the counseling office to determine 
how are the kids feeling? How are the, how, you know, what are they, what is overall, how are they doing with the, in the pandemic? How are they feeling? You know, they're trying, the school's trying to get a sense of their wellness, their, how they feel safe. Do they feel right? How, that this is a safe place to be, et cetera. Yeah. And I think, you know, I just watched last night on the evening news, they said um, on um, ABC um, with David Muir that they're reporting across the country that these models that the students are in are, you know, the kids are performing far lower. Like there's more F's and failures than they've ever seen before. And so they're going to do some investigative reporting about it. So I think mm. what we're talking about is super timely. Yes. Because because like our counselors coming in, I mean, it's sad to say, but in December we're we're you know taking the temperature of how our kids being affected by the pandemic and um and so for us all, it's a learning process. What do you put sure. first? Whereas like when we when we did this last year. Um, when we usually start a school year, our big thing is developing those routines, consistency. Yes. And and this year, it's more like I, I feel like we're attending to kids in a personalized yeah. way, just depending on how that kid shows up that day. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, it's crazy. It's interesting because um, so, like I said, so often I know I I forget, you know, about are the kids feeling safe. Is it more obvious now in the middle of a pandemic? Yes. Mm-hmm. But I think before that, it, it, to me, it was more about the academics. It's something you kind of for, sometimes can forget about. Much like it's easy to forget about, is there trauma going on at home? Mm-hmm. Do they have the support? To me, it kind of very similar. Yeah. It's easy to forget about if you're not in those people's shoes. Yes. And now when our attention, the spotlight is on hey, you're looking at the grades being 10 or 15 points right. lower than they've ever been in the past, then we have to look at Why? the state of the world, yeah. Yeah, what's going on. So it's a um, really good question, um, really good conversation, and I'm glad that, you know, it'll be interesting to see how this discussion and how these investigations, yeah. like what they find out. Yeah, Because like at Marion, we've done a pretty good job with the with the benchmarks. Yes. You know, we, we really, in all subject areas, we really do a, you know, a fantastic job with, you know, ahead of time, you know, linking the questions to standards, measuring growth, the I can statements. So we really um, are very well engaged in their academic and learning experiences. And I think now we're really adding that, which is awesome because it worked well with this podcast. We're really now starting to see looking at what's how about the rest of them how mm-hmm. about the rest of them of the student what as far as the whole child yes exactly so it's really i think we can really see that our district you know is doing really a good job of being doing the things that an engaged school should do yes i agree and i but i do think in this next um indicator that mm-hmm. i'm gonna go to it's talking about how um engaged classrooms demonstrate a rhythm and a cadence Oh, yeah. Well, a rhythm and a cadence, you know, um, the way that they define this is a buzz almost. Yeah, it's that buzz in the classroom. So you have this collective rhythm in which the entire classroom demonstrated a cadence in the learning process. For example, in one classroom, 
we observed that there was a buzz of discussion as students worked in groups. Um, while discussion would occasionally extend outside of these groups, students naturally came back to the in-group discussion and the tasks at hand because they wanted to contribute. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I have been finding in this uh, setting, kids really want to work together. They want yes, to talk course, about it. And of course, it's more difficult than ever. Right. Um, but I've tried to create opportunities for their products like this um, creation project that we're doing. There's three, two to three kids working on the project. Um, and they've actually, when they study and they're working on it, they create their own sort of Zoom links. or yeah. And then they're able to, they, they're asking, can we go into a breakout room so we can get our oh, that's project done? Yeah. So um, it works for remote, but it also works for them at home because they want to have little study groups sure. they've said so um so the other thing that it said about the cadence and the rhythm um well it's kind of like it reminded me a little bit of the when we have um when we have the personalized learning with the zone different zones or or stations yes, yes. that they know what they know the procedures as a group, they go from one thing to the next. Yes. There's not the monkey around. They know what's, what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, because yeah. we, and the other thing that we did with those stations is we created a sense of urgency, which mm-hmm. is what this was talking about. Yeah. Like, okay, you have 10 minutes at this at this um, station, and then you've got to move it along to the next station so that you have what you need um, by the end of class. It's literally like the classroom is like a machine almost. And the different, and the students, the different, co- you know, the different parts of the wheel. Yeah, they're all kind of working in unison, doing different things, and yep. it's a there's a flow. Yes, and you now know? it's different because everybody's at sometimes at a different place, yeah. and we we're going back to more whole class instruction. Yes, which um, we really <laughs> stepped away I from know, when enough. we became the innovative schools, yeah. you know, and we were doing the personalized learning. What struck me too was also um, that an engaged classroom has cohesive auditory signals. Yes. So, from you know whether it was chatter, as they say, mm-hmm. or bursts of discussion, silence, or intense focus, um, it's kind of it was reassuring for me because so often in the past it was an engaged classroom is one that's silent. Mm-hmm. They're all listening to the teacher. There's no mess, you know. That's complete opposite now, I think. I do too. And I, I actually prefer it when they're talking and that um, they're sharing ideas and they're working together. It They're the ones that are doing more of the work. Like we talked yeah. about earlier, they're problem solving together. And so you can't do that yeah. quietly. In fact, uh, in fact, there's a quote here from the report that I think sums it up really well, what we just said. Mm-hmm. Engagement sounds loud. <laughs> I know that one of my learnings Boy, as an educator <laughs> has been that we used to pride, this is what we were just saying, quiet classroom, good classroom. Mm-hmm. But I think that's definitely been flipped on its head, and I agree. Um, not just, the person says, goes on to say, not just in my experience, but I think we're all realizing, not loud as an out of hand, but vocally rich that can be a sign of engagement. Yes. So, yeah, so cool. Um, and... And on the flip side, when they're really super engaged and trying to solve something, mm-hmm. they do get super f- focused. We have their attention and they're 
right. it maybe will be it'll look really silent because they're trying to get their work done so um yep. the next one is it operates as a collective ecosystem yeah it's again it reminds me it's kind of what we almost said earlier where the students know what they're supposed to do they don't need to be encouraged per se mm -hmm. they each group if they're in like those different like stations or whatnot they they're focused on what they're doing they're keeping things going you know yes, as a they're, they're keeping that machine yeah running. that's kind of what it reminds me yeah, of that's um, true you know everyone's doing their part it's they know what to do it's clear um everyone's kind of working collectively and it's leading to what the final mm -hmm. indicator is is that we have this positive positive emotional response so um what it's like a thermometer i think they even mm -hmm. said yeah yeah in fact um it's i'll just quote it here um it's like there's a thermometer where you can feel the energy in the classroom there's just a really positive energy in an engaged classroom and i have to I know it sounds like I'm tooting my own horn, but um, when we were actually on remote, we had gone remote, and this was like last week or two, whenever it was, two weeks ago, mm -hmm. um, I was doing a Socratic seminar. Actually, we were just preparing for one, and then we went remote. I'm mm. like, oh. I know. Because <laughs> so, I was trying to teach them the process. It's kind of sure. like the fishbowl fish yes. process. Yes. And and I am, I'm ashamed of myself, yet proud, and here's why. Okay. There's this one student who really tends to be not engaged, to be honest mm -hmm. with you. And in fact, when he, when he came on the zoom call, I almost didn't let him in mm. because he tended to be off task, mm -hmm. but I let him in and think I'm glad I did because th it blew my mind. He, it was, he answered questions. He used research. He, he asked questions of other kids. I, I just was flabbergasted and he came back the next class when we came back to in-person learning mm -hmm. and he was like can we do that again and i'm i almost fell over yeah and in the whole time i didn't have to i sat back and listened to the, the a class of students in middle school discuss you know um you know essentially you know how did the native americans adapt to their environment you know and have them keep the conversation going right and i felt exactly what that quote was saying the energy yes you know it was awesome I, such a good I, feeling i now mine was kind of um a little bit different in the remote mm. experience because our wi-fi was sketchy so we have um what if you haven't been using zoom mm -hmm. as a teacher uh, oftentimes we'll ask the students a question and we'll have them um put their response in the chat feature so that everybody oh, right. can see the response mm -hmm. and then um and then you you can actually listen to more children at the same time as they're answering your question gotcha so similarly they started chatting with each other about the questions that i had posed like a back channel discussion yes yeah. and i couldn't i i sounded like a robot and and it was delayed they were probably and my i kept freezing but the chat feature works so i just kept typing the questions gotcha. and they just kept they See, were and, on yeah. task and they were like this is awesome See, because that's they love exactly what, texting yeah, so it's, it's like perfect it's just great how it, it makes you feel, like i felt so good yes and that's what i think ultimately is that emotional response yeah it feels good for them and for you as a teacher it's like it was a i mean it was great i yes. had left and i think it was a friday even i lucked out 
mm-hmm. and it was just so great to start the weekend like that oh. yeah i agree so i think next week um what I, what i'd like to do is we want to talk about the factors that are the indicators of an engaged so, student yeah so like what can students do to be engaged and and we really want to bring in students for this yeah, hopefully we, piece. We, yeah. um, and we've asked some students to join us. They're happy to do it. So next week we'll hear from some of the students along with some of these indicators. And um, it'd be interesting to see if they agree with what's in the report. Yeah. yeah. Or, or how they would change it. And mm-hmm. with this model, it'll be, it'll be interesting to hear their, their voices and their response to all this. So, yeah. all right. Well, I, um, it's been great you're here to break off a piece of the chalk about indicators that influence student engagement thanks so for thanks. Uh, being with us yes so long bye Have- oh thank you